When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 76. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. I'm freezing like everyone else, it seems, in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, it is cold. It's pretty cold here, but I'm sure it's worse there. What what are we at? Negative what? Fifty five now? No, like, that that's Winnipeg. Winnipeg is colder than it is here. I have coworkers out there, and they're saying it was minus fifty five with the wind chill. Oh. Celsius. Yeah, that's. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to know. But it's it's cold. That that's more than minus forty Fahrenheit, right? Because minus forty yeah. Celsius is minus forty Fahrenheit. So. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, it's cold. It's snowing a lot. I'm sure it's snowing a lot where you are. Our street hasn't been plowed, so that's always fun. Uh, I'm back to my regular job, which is a whole other basket of worms. So no more training for Mitch. No the more 9 to 2.30 training. Shucks. Ugh. <laughs> that's too bad. Yes, for over here, it's it's cold. Not that cold. We got a little dusting today. It was like... Bad for it was like a blizzard for 15 minutes and then stopped. So on the commute home, it took me a lot longer than it usually did, yeah. just because of that. And visibility was bad for like, like I said, it was 10 minutes and then it was it. But it, it's going to be cold tomorrow. Single digits, I think, <laughs> feel like temperature. So yeah, it's just because that that dusting just sits there and then that wind just kicks it right up and it looks like you're in the middle of a snow squall. Exactly. Unbelievable. Uh, do you want to warm ourselves up with some? Heating, heat, loving embrace of the New York Islanders. That was a bad transition. That was bad. I'm sorry, Tough everyone. Trans- it's okay. Everyone's going to have an off week. The Islanders are on their off week right now, so it's That's it's kind of fitting. so much better. Look at that. Wow. There Picking we go. Up the slack. So the Islanders are off this week. They haven't played a game in forever, and it's starting to get to me a little bit, Mitch. I, I got the itch. I'm ready to get this team back in action. I, I can't wait for Friday. Yeah, I know. Um, we're two days away. Well, one full day, I guess. One full day away. But let's get this thing going and start first with the All-Star game. 
and Matt Barzell was our lone representative from the All-Star game, but boy, did he make it worth tuning in for. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, what? So, for, for those who may not know, on our patron show, so we had an episode, an All-Star Game edition, and at the end of it, we predicted how many points Matt Barzell would have on the night. I said four. Oh, Mitch said six. Just and Mitch, here. I don't, I don't know. Do you want to do the honors? Do you want to let the fans know how many points Matt Barzell ended with? Uh, he got a whole six points. Mm, yeah, just stretching out. Mm, my fingers need some warming up. <sighs> just gonna. Oof, I'm warm. I guess. What's it like knowing the future? I just wanna. I wanted to find that out. What's it like being that While good, Mitch? All of you live in 2019. I'm I'm out here in 3019, and it is flying cars and hoops around <laughs> clothes. It's real. Tubular is back. Everyone says tubular. Um, yeah, milkshakes are a thing, and the flying skateboard from Back to the Future still has not been invented for some reason. I don't get it. Lame. You thought that'd be there, but no, apparently not. No, but could you ask for any better for Matthew Barzell in his first All Star game? I mean, the kid put up six points. He was getting compliments from Sidney Crosby. What could possibly be better than that? I don't know. So from from an entertaining standpoint, it was entertaining as hell. Um, but it sucks when he comes back and his lineman is Anthony Beauvillier, who is his buddy. It's his buddy, but it's not a Sidney Crosby. Right. I mean, obviously, you can't compare the two. Beauvillier, we know, can get hot and finish with over 20 goals. He had 21 last year, but right now he's off to a little bit of a slow start and a little bit of a quiet pace of late, too. So it is a downgrade playing with... Beauvillier and Bailey, even though we like both of them, I mean, you can't compare to playing with Sidney Crosby. And that's, no. I think that was the fun of it, in, of this little tournament, was you got to see Barzal play with someone like Sidney Crosby and how awesome that was. I think that's right. It makes you, I think this is where, where what I take out of what you're saying is it makes you appreciate what we have even more. We're like, he's playing with maybe not the, the, the best talent. There's a possibility there, like you said, Bo can put in 20 goals, maybe even more if he plays consistently, um, but he's not. Uh, if he was, he could be up there, uh, but eventually the Islanders will have talent on that wing. They will put talent on that wing. This isn't the same ownership group. This isn't the same management group. It's not even the same coaching philosophy. It's all different, and it's all pointing into the direction of talent maximization. And they will get that talent next to Matthew Barzal. And when it does, woo-wee, it's going pretty pretty. Yes, that's... That's something that I would like to talk about is how, like you said, this ownership is a little bit different. And when that right winger, whether it is Oliver Wallstrom, whether it's someone like Mark Stone, who you've been wanting for what feels like forever, whether it's Vladimir Tarasenko or Artemi Panarin, someone like that, it's going to be extremely fun to watch Matthew Barzal do what Matthew Barzal does on a regular basis. But when you put him with someone who has that goal-scoring capability – it's just going to make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I think in terms of just strictly looking at the All-Star game, it was nice to see what we have and appreciate it on a grander stage. Um, it was also nice to just have him as a representative and just see that he's enjoying himself out there. I know Tavares seemed to have a, a bunch of giggles this time around with his, with his buddy Matthews. I guess they just needed to send a young kid with him when he was there and maybe get him to smile at least once. 
I don't know. He made a crack about the bed sheets. That was kind of infuriating, but either way. Um, Great. Yeah. It's nice to see Barzell having a good time and being a good ambassador for the brand that is not only the NHL, but the New York Islanders. And playing with Sidney Crosby and seeing the future of the league, um, not only, sorry, not only of the league, but as well as the New York Islanders on the big stage, it's nice. It, it, it makes me feel all warm on the inside and it's warming me from this bitter cold. Yeah. I mean... Like we, like we mentioned, the Metropolitan, on that show, we talked about if they'd be able to get past the Atlantic, and I didn't think that they were going to be able to. You were a little more confident saying that they'd play two games. And the fact that they moved on past the Atlantic proved me wrong. And then they also proved me wrong because Matt Barzell went off in the second game. I think it was five points in the second game, right? He only had one in the first? I think so. Yeah, that's right. So a five-point game. And an absolute domination of the of the central, and realistically, overall for Matt Barzell, good first experience at the All Star game, and he better get used to it because he is the face of this franchise now. He is going to be the representative of this team going forward. It's becoming obvious, unless someone else, like we said, they acquire somebody, or I don't know. I think we talked about it on either last week's show or maybe it was on the Patreon. If not, I'll, I'll just mention it again. But we talked about. Who else besides Matt Barzal could potentially mm. go in the future? Yeah. And I think that the point here is it's always going to be Matthew Barzal and. Yes. Like, it starts with him. He's the face now, and I think he's done a very solid job as that face, as that ambassador for the New York Islanders. That's right. Um, so just on the All-Star game itself, not even speaking about uh, from sure. a, an Islander standpoint, did you watch the game? So not the skills competition. I don't, I don't necessarily want to talk about that, even though it was fantastic. We all agree that the, all, the, 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 uh, the skills competition is always fantastic. But the, the point of contention usually when it comes to All-Star weekend is the game itself. How did you feel about the games themselves? Uh, I, thought they were, I thought they were pretty entertaining. The three-on-three is fun. It's it's different, though. Like, with all sports' all-star games, it's not, like, the pure brand of that sport. Like, that's not hockey to me. The yeah. NFL Pro Bowl isn't football to me. So that, a part of me was disliking it, but then at the same time, like, when you see all those goals being put up, it's... You do have fun. I'm not like an old curmudgeon here. Like, I don't think it's my favorite product. I don't look forward to it, but I did get a fun hour that I did tune into it. Yeah, I loved it thoroughly. We got a slap shot, at least two slap shots on the night. It was fantastic. Like, guys were, were playing. Uh, you, you saw Deeks. You saw Marc-Andre Fleury pulling out the stops. Um, Seth Jones on the night. Oh, my God, Seth Jones is good. Like, I... I Maybe it's because he plays in Columbus. I don't see him often enough, although you think I would because he's in Metro. But my God, he's good. Holy he's cow. Good. Like, not even just like he's a big, solid guy who can get a good shot from the point. He is nimble, and he is quick. My goodness. I did not realize he had that skill set, and he impressed me greatly. And I think that's the entire point of the All-Star game is to see these players and to see them in a light that you haven't seen them before. And, you know, obviously some certain certain skill sets get accentuated when it comes to a three-on-three tournament. Um, I just like the coverage. Maybe it was a Canadian thing, but we had, uh, for, from Sportsnet, we had both opposing coaches usually on at the same time in like a picture-in-picture picture type of setting. And they were just bandying about one after the other. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was on live. So was um, oh someone else was on live on the mic, and I forget who it was. Now it's going to kill me. 
someone's going to be screaming the name right now. Um, God, who the heck was live? Ah, it's escaping me now, but they had a mic live on a player as they were playing, and it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, more of that, please. It was, it was, they, were, they were upping the entertainment value of the game itself in terms of not just on the ice, but off the ice and the entire festivities. And that's what you want because at, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment product. And if you can be entertained by it, great. Yes, it's not hockey, like you say, and I completely agree with you. It's not hockey. I don't care. I don't care. I, I will see enough hockey, and that's why we have the playoffs. We have the playoffs to be real, competitive, and, and, and showcase of the, the quality of the sport. This is pure entertainment. When Ovi's out there with his hat, yeah, it looks kitschy, and I remember seeing it live. It's kitschy, whatever. That's the point. It's entertaining. And this weekend was pure entertainment, and I loved it. Give me more. Yes. So from an entertainment standpoint, definitely would say that the NHL got this one right, correct? Mm-hmm. 100%. They absolutely did, and we were happy to see our guy have a really nice day at the office. 100% again. Just hitting him out of the park. I'm trying to do like that trainer that I had. She did like these click sounds like we were horses or something. It was really annoying. You know, like when, oh when like horse trainers like, come this way, horse. And she was doing that in the training. It was really stupid. I, I can't do that with my mouth. I wish I could. No, I can't do it. I'm not that talented. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, let's move right along, Mitch. We talked up the All-Star game and someone who did not go to the All-Star game, but maybe will in the future, especially if he continues to put up the goal totals that he has the last few years, and that's Anders Lee. So allegedly, supposedly, we are using and prefacing this because of what happened just a year ago. <sighs> Anders Lee wants to re-sign with the Islanders. He's not worried about his contract situation. I, I guess let's let's start here. Should we believe him? Yeah, why not? Like, you're going to say, well, the Tavares situation. And I'll go, okay, cool, but we can't live like that the rest of our lives. We can't let Tavares, the Tavares situation hold us hostage. I'm going to take oh, you're a very much. Go ahead. I was going to say, oh, you're very much right. I just, m- me personally... I that's where my mind immediately goes to. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but what what makes you think that we can't believe Anders Lee? Because like I don't know, there's, there's no good reason to not believe him aside from the fact that Tavares burned us just a year ago and we're still burned about it. Like I don't really I, I I'm going to take him at his word because why why would he lie about that? And again, Tavares wasn't lying. He wanted to stay. It wasn't like he had his in in his mind like I'm going to leave to Toronto and I'm going to dupe these guys. No, he had his mind set on I'm going to keep my options open, but I would like to stay here. He just didn't communicate that at all whatsoever. That's the problem that we have with Tavares. He was like I really just want to keep my options open and we'll see what happens. I wouldn't mind staying here, but even, the whole time he's going I want to be here. So, like, that's the problem with Tavares, where with Anders Lee, or Anders Lee, sorry, um, I have no reason to think that he's going to want to go elsewhere. You know, maybe he's, what is he, a Minnesota native? Minnesota, he could be on the Minnesota Wild next year. Do we have proof that he slept in Minnesota Wild bedsheets? Like, I think there's... Someone get Mama Lee on the phone (laughs) and see if she has any pictures of Anders in Minnesota pajamas. And if she does, buckle up. Buckle up, baby. Um... 
JP Parise. There you go. He played for the Islanders. He also played for Minnesota. So maybe he's got like some sort of, I don't know, connection. I don't know. He's not Minnesotan. So I don't, anyways. Um, I'm trying to talk myself into him having Islanders bedsheets, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I absolutely believe him. They just made him captain. Like, so I think he himself knows he's going to get signed. Like, why are they going to give me the captaincy if they're not going to give me a deal or if they're going to try to, um, like give me a, a bottom dollar deal or or a bad deal. Like no, I'm I'm perfectly confident that I will sign something. I know we've talked about this a few times, but now that it's relevant again, what do you think he ends up signing for? At least seven million. I don't think it goes much higher than seven point five. No, I'm I still got my money on six for forty two million, so seven million per year. Yeah. That seems about fair to me. That's the James Van Riemsdyk deal, even though Lee is a better player than Van Riemsdyk. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Wayne Simmons. So if they don't if they don't sign Lee before Jan, uh, July 1st, obviously he becomes a UFA. Uh, but Wayne Simmons seems to be on the trading block, and he might get a contract if he goes somewhere else. Uh, maybe they sign him. I know... I've read Toronto is looking for a power forward, even though they just had one in JVR and they gave him up for some reason. Um, and I don't expect that they'll sign Simmons. But if Simmons goes somewhere, I, I could if he gets six million, you could expect Lee to get more than seven. I don't know if uh, Simmons is going to get six million with the kind of year he's having. It, but it's not about the kind of year; it's the potential, right? Like Martin Hansel didn't have a great year when he was traded from Arizona to Minnesota, and they got a first and something else for him. I guess though he's on the wrong side of thirty years old. I have, That's true. I like him as a rental at his current cap number. I don't want to give him much more of a raise than than that. So if Lee, for whatever reason, did walk and the fallback plan was Simmons, uh, that 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 would not be good with me. No, that would be a net loss. I think absolutely. I, Simmons is someone who you put on your second or third line to short things out. The Islanders have done way too much of that. So yeah. you need a little bit more top-end echelon talent, which Anders Lee is. And I absolutely, like you mentioned, I don't think you give him the the captaincy and and then say, yeah, you know what, we're going to low ball you. We're only going to give you $5 million per year. Like You're going to take a Josh Bailey deal. Mm-hmm. I I can't see that happening. you got to pay for your talent, and you got him on a very reasonable deal the last two years, so it's time to pay up. Yeah, and I think Lou realizes that. I don't think he's going to overpay him. I'm sure he comes to the table with a low offer. It's a negotiation after after all. Uh, and that goes right to the agent, right? Not to Lee himself. Um, so I'm sure he'll lowball him and probably say, like, let's start at six, and they're going to come, let's start at eight, and then beat in the middle at seven. Something like that. Yeah, like I could see something like that. I just don't see him leaving. And if he does, it's going to be one of the worst... At- <laughs> It would certainly set the franchise back a bit. Not just because it's Lee and Lee will, in and of himself, his his loss will set the franchise back. It's what that the perception does if they lose him to free agency, right? That's because yeah, then it's be back-to-back back years of your captains leaving. Like that, just on paper, that doesn't look good. It doesn't matter the the player. I mean, that certainly plays a factor in it, of course. But it it's just is a bad. Yeah. Look. And we're painting a nightmare scenario because we're just trying to talk about all the possibilities because we have no real answers right now. No one does. Um, but to us, I think we both agree that he's going to be signed and it's going to be somewhere around seven by six. Seven million six years. 
Yeah, I think anything, I don't see them going seven or eight years. And I also don't necessarily think they're going anything short term, like three or four years. So I'm in that five, six years, likely six years. Give them a nice increase and let's get this thing done. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I, I'm i surprised that hasn't been done yet uh, just because of the break. Um, but I guess maybe even management is taking a break. I don't know. I, I figured it would have been done over the break. But at this point, I, I'm not worried, even if it isn't done by the time they start playing on Friday. But I'm sure they're working hard right now to get it done. Are you worried if he isn't signed and it's past the trade deadline? No. Okay. When do you start sweating? <laughs> I like obviously if he, uh, I guess June. If we get it to June, no, the beginning of June, June first. If we flip the calendar and it's June and he hasn't signed, uh, unless unless caveat, we're in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's the difference. The only but, time where I'm not worried. Um, right. If we're talking like season over mid to late April and it's all of May, all of June, and he's not extended, then issue, right? Then I worry big time. And it's, by that point, I'm sure it's too late. Um, but but that's the thing. I, I feel I'm so confident right now that by the time I get worried, it's going to be too late. It's going to be like mad cow disease. By the time you realize it, it's already too late. Exactly. So it looks like Anders Lee wants to stay here. Great sign for the New York Islanders. It would be even better when Penn is put to paper. But for now, we'll just have to take his word, right, Mitch? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? Like, I I know Tavares burned us, buddy, but like we can't keep living in that world because it's just going to we're going to be some cynics for the rest of our lives. We'll be like 50 years old going, Tavares burned us again. I don't trust that player X. He's saying he wants to stay here after like five Stanley Cups. Hopefully. (laughs) Knock on wood. Exactly. All right, let's move on to Robin Leonard. He is having a phenomenal regular season. He leads the league in save percentage and goals against average. Can you make the case for him to win the Vesna, Mitch? Not right now. I, 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 I want to. I could easily. Uh, maybe, well, maybe not easily because obviously. Well, no, it's even, even the NHL or the PWHA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, uh, in their midseason votes had Robin Leonard third uh, on, on their Vesna ballot. Um because of his story, but when you look at it, like it's not just the story. It's like you said, he leads the league in goals against average. He leads the league in save percentage, um, and even just the other day, who was it? Paul Campbell in January 29th wrote something for Sportsnet and had uh, what is it? Expected save versus actual save percentage, and Robin Leonard's third uh, when the in the plus minus differential. So the amount that he's actually giving up versus his expected is the highest. Um, of all goalies, which is a good. Um, his slot line save percentage, so the amount of s- saves he's making in the slot, so essentially your high danger save percentage, is top, like number one, with eight, eight, uh, 833. Uh, his prevented goals rank is second, sorry, no, is 12th in the league. So not the highest, but high enough. Like the guys, at, and, and any way you measure it, the guys at the top, except for one one category. And that's wins. And that's the one that GMs usually vote for when it comes to the Vezina Trophy. See, that really bothers me because I know we've had this conversation before, but you can make the comparison to baseball when voters are voting for the Cy Young Award, which is given to the best pitcher in baseball. 
and they want to go with the win-loss record as one of the factors to factor into their voting. Mm-hmm. To me, that doesn't make sense because it's more of a team thing. Like a goalie and a starting pitcher can both play really, really well and still lose a game. Yep. And that shouldn't be held against them. They're something that they can control, which is save percentage and goals against average and high danger save percentage. And even if you want to go deeper in an- analytics, that's fine. But that should be held to a higher standard rather than the wins and the losses at the end of the year. So Campbell kind of says the same thing here, where he writes, the injustice of choosing the best goaltender based in large part on team success, like you mentioned, which are wins, is apparent, especially in this era where fewer than a quarter of the league starters surpass a 60-game mark. Like, yeah, of course, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like you're saying, like th- you're basing an individual on a team metrics. Yeah, and that that really gets me going. That that bothers me. That's the Michael Wilbon. I'm going to talk about just win the damn just game. Just win the thing. damn game. It's so. I love Wilbon. Is that not old man yelling at cloud? Oh, it's 100. Yeah. percent In that case, it's almost literally the exact same thing, or exactly that. Where Wilbon, who's I don't know how old he is, but he's he's up there. He he ain't keen a spring chicken. Uh, is yelling about analytics, and he does it every day. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. Like, but that's that's just how it rolls. Okay, look at the last five years of the Vesna Trophy. Rene, Bobrovsky, Holtby, Price, and Rask. They've won 42, 41, 48, 44, and 36 games, respectively. Ranking third, third, first, first, fifth. You've got to be in the top five for wins. And where's Leonard right now? Leonard is not in the top. He's like 16th, last I checked, for wins. Which is not going to get him the Vezina Trophy in and of itself. Even though he's leading the save percentage, he's leaving the goal, leading the goals against by a ridiculous margin. Like, okay, Flurry leads the league in, in wins. He has a 9-11 save percentage and a 249 goals against average. Leonard's destroying yeah. him with a 931 and a 202. But sample size, right? Leonard is sitting at 16th literally with 15 wins. So, um, what do you? Th- how many wins do you think he gets to at the end of the year, or how many starts? I guess, I guess both. If he stays healthy, I think he goes up pretty quick. I th- I think he's the starter, and I I think that the at that Barry Trotz sees him that way, and he'll start picking up more and more starts. We're seeing it now. Like he's it, the ratio is probably two to one for every two starts. Leonard uh, Grice is getting one. And, and that'll fly in my face right right as they start back up, but it's a back to back. Right, they play Tampa on the Friday. Grice will probably get that, or maybe Grice, maybe Leonard will get that start, and then Grice will get the next one. I think is LA at home as well. Okay, so there are thirty-three remaining games. Okay, if he starts two out of three the rest of the way, that's twenty-two more starts. Okay, so, so that's that would put him at forty-seven at games played. Forty-seven games played. Is that enough to win the Vesna? Uh, okay, let's just assume he wins at the same ratio he's winning now. So he's got 15 and 25, right? So 0. Yep. 0.6. And you said how many games? 47? No, 22. Well, 22 more, giving him a 47. Oh, so 47, and 47. yes. 47, so yes. that's 28 wins total is what it would get him. That's quite a lot. That is quite a lot. It's nowhere near the 47, though. So yeah. I, I just don't think he does it. I don't think he gets up there. 
I, I, I no, no, I don't think he gets up there. I think that's a real shame because that's what I, I'm with you. I think that he's going to finish the year with probably not a 931 and 202, but I think he's going to have very, very good save percentage and goals against numbers. And at the end of the day, I don't think it matters because I think they're going to give it to someone who, you know, starts 60 plus games is on a really good team and probably has 40 wins to go along with it. Um, do you think he could be the first goalie to win the Hart Trophy but not the Vezina Trophy? I would have a real hard time believing that he wins the Hart. I just, what, you think about the award, and it's most valuable to his team. And this team went from the absolute worst in terms of goals against to the absolute best in goals against in the span of a season. Now, they'll probably give the Jack Adams to Barry Trotz for that alone, but when you think about it, what he's doing on the team, he, he stands above the rest. He, he may not The thing that is going to fly in his face or, or prevent him from doing so is going to be the number of starts. Like, if Grice gets this many starts, they can't say, like, well, you single-handedly carry this team. That's what I think it's going to come down to. It would be different if he started 65 games. Like Fleury, who's already played 45 games this year. 45! That's, like, stupid. The guy is, how old is he again? Like, 36, I'm going to say? At least, 34. I would say. Oh, he's younger than I thought, actually. By two years. But yeah, he's already played 45 games. He played 46 last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, could he win the Vezina? Yeah, maybe if, if the GMs have a change in heart and they don't, like, simply look at wins. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no. Or he puts up, like, the Islanders just put him in every other night, like, every night. Um, which, again, I don't think is going to happen. Why do they need to do that? Why burn him out just so he can win a trophy? He's going to win the Masterton. Like, that that's already done. Really. Yeah, that you'd have to assume is pretty much locked in. Unless someone comes by and says, I have, like, a, like a crazy level of cancer that I'm currently going through. I just haven't told anyone. It's his, it's his to lose. Agreed. And, I, and obviously, I hope that's not the case. I hope no one's going through no. cancer not saying anything. My God. No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. But... Absolutely. You have to appreciate what Leonard has done so far this year, especially, you know, under the circumstances after the article that he put out from the athletic, which was tremendous, by the way. But definitely happy that he is down their starting goalie. And I'm hoping they re-sign him, too, just like Anders Lee, who we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on that topic of Leonard in the article, it's Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, if you are going through any sort of mental difficulties or you're having a hard time or you're feeling like the anxiety is just building up or, or anything, you're just having a hard time with anything, talk. Just talk to someone. Sit them down and say, I need to talk. Please, please do so. Anyone and, and everyone is willing to sit and listen. Please do it. Don't keep it to yourself. Still my thunder for the social segment, oh, but I'll move that up to right. I'll move that up to right now because we're talking about Robin Leonard. I was gonna say the same exact thing. Listen, I myself, I have anxiety issues, but it it's tough to come out and talk about it. But it's definitely worth it. You're worth it. So if you are struggling, don't be afraid to reach out. That's just what I wanted to say. Yes, right on. Good job. All right, want to get into some four players whose luck will change in the second half? Yeah. Okay. So. I went straight PDO in this, obviously, because that's how that's what determines luck. Um, and what I wanted to do was really see whose PDO is, is below 100 that is probably going to bump up, and whose PDO is 
above 100 who's probably going to go down. And as you can expect with the Islanders and their, their PDO bender that they're on since the start of the year, a lot of players are going to be above 100. So they're going to be lucky. So anything above 100 is lucky. Anything below 100 is unlucky. And the further you get in either way shows how lucky or unlucky you are. Okay. And when I looked at it, two names jumped out at me that are below 100, who I thought were going to be above, well, maybe one at least, was Anthony Beauvillier and Matthew Barzell were below 100. Barzell just barely below, but still below. Uh, and and Bo, it makes sense that he's below 100. Like He's not playing very well. He's, he's shooting the puck relatively frequently, but he's, it's just not going in. Um, so you know that that's got to change. Like the guy's gonna hit the back of the net soon enough. He's not this bad. He just isn't. Uh, no, he, with with Beauvillier, one of the last games, then you have like six shots on goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and usually when it comes to PDO for for a hundred, what is assumed is that players shoot at an eight percent on ice shooting percentage, and goalies when they're when these players are on the ice stop about ninety two percent of the puck, so nine twenty. So the average for a PDO is split between eight percent shooting and nine twenty save percentage, making up a hundred. So eight plus ninety two is one hundred. So any deviation from the eight and the ninety two is usually where you make up that difference and where you can see it. And Bo is sitting at a seven five seven shooting percentage and a ninety one point five nine save percentage. Um, I wouldn't expect the save percentage to change very much. Uh, Robin Leonard seems pretty dialed in. It's the shooting percentage, like you said. He had that game where he's six shots and just nothing's going in. That's got to change. Yeah, that's- that's just tough luck. Some of, I hate to talk about puck luck just because it gives me PTSD to <laughs> Doug Waitman. Yeah. Uh so I I agree with you there. I wrote earlier that he needs a big second half and I really think he he does. Um especially if he's going to play with Matthew Barzal, he has to be more productive. And I like Anthony Beauvillier. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a pretty good hockey player. Just a little inconsistent right now. But if he finds that consistency and puts up similar numbers to what he did in the second half of last year, the Islanders will be in great shape heading towards the playoff spot. Yeah. So then on him specifically, we could spend another minute or two just on him. What does he need to do to like change that? Because it seemed that he had it right. He played with Philpola and Komarov. He picked he got that streak and he went back on that, that second line and he had it for 16 games and then lost it. What happened? Or what does he need to do to get it back? Maybe it's another trip to the third line. Maybe. Like, get back to basics. Maybe there's just something he's just not doing well, basically. I, I don't know. Like like you said, when you get six shots on net and don't score on any of them, that's kind of, like, unlucky. So I, get, I think that plays a little bit of a factor, but... I don't know. He just doesn't feel like the same difference maker that he is when he when he's hot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, I guess when it comes to the shooting percentage, it's uh, maybe not the shooting percentage, but the number of shots, I should say. It's where is he taking them from? Because remember at the start of the season, he was shooting from well outside the slot. And then when he got inside the slot, like we saw against the Rangers, they were going in all the time. You just can't stop him. So I, I, I'm just... I feel like he's just taking them from the outside again. And I, and I have to look at the numbers and maybe like a shooting heat map, but like... That, to me, would be telling. If he's shooting from the outside, it was like, well, get inside, buddy. Obviously, easier, easier said than done, but it's just he doesn't have a strong enough shot. He, I'm sure he has a very strong shot. Just in relative, in relative terms to the NHL, it's just not strong enough to beat goalies from far out. No, not to beat a, you know, an NHL-caliber goalie from far out. It's got to be 
you know, he's got to be put himself in a good position to score, yeah. which I think he did a little bit the last game when he had six shots on goal, but keep doing that and they'll start going in. Exactly. So the second one who's going to bump up is Matthew Barzal. He's got a 99.8, so just below 100, so he's just a little unlucky. But just a little unlucky for a player like him could mean a lot for a team like ours, who rely heavily, let's be fair, on Matthew Barzal and the offense that he generates. And when you look at his on-ice shooting percentage, it's at a 739. So this is 5-on-5 on-ice shooting percentage of 7.39, so below the 8. And he's got a 5-on-5 on-ice safe percentage of 92.42, so just above 92. So if anything's going to give, it's going to be that shooting percentage, which is perfect because Barzell's finally starting to shoot the puck a little bit more over the last like 10, 15 games. Um, so you would expect a few more to go in, hopefully on the power play. But of course, I'm looking at the five on five here, um, hopefully on the power play, because that's got that's got to change. Um, Absolutely. But either way, he's going to get more goals like that's going to change. I know it's only point two, but point two is still a great improvement for a player like him. Who's that important for us? Yeah, and also I really think that with Barzal and Bovillier, if they both start to heat up in the second half, that might if if something at the trade deadline doesn't go through, like if someone wants way too much or they for whatever reason the Islanders stay pat. I'm not necessarily saying that's the right move or yeah. it's not, but just let's say, for example, they do that. They could really, really benefit from Bovillier getting back to where he was last year and an extreme hot streak from Matthew Barzell. Yeah. That absolutely. would be, that would set them up perfectly for April and May. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that I ended that article or that, that slide for Matthew was. The Islanders are this good without Matthew Barzell killing it in terms of production. Imagine what they're going to be like when he does kill it, when he is hot. And he's still playing well. It's not to say he's not playing well. It's just imagine when he's putting in that extra like 2% like or 0.2%. Imagine when he's producing more and producing to the rate that he could be. Oh, my God. That's insane. Right. It's going to make all the difference in the world. Yeah. And then we got into players who are... Way, way up there in terms of PDO. And I looked at, at two specifically. Um, there are two other players that are that are higher up than these two, but I, I just couldn't justify writing how they would decrease. And those two players were Ross Johnston, who leads a team with, I think it's like a 106.7 PDO. But like he's getting no ice time, so that's it's not going to... It could go down, but he's never seen the ice, so who knows. Yeah. And Anders Lee. And it's just... When I see Lee, I'm going... That, to me, seems like a player who's going to have a high PDO because of how many shots he gets and how many he converts. And he's not converting that many right now. He's converting well, but not as well as we're used to. So Yeah, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think his comes down either. So the two that I focus on were Casey Zizekas and Leo Komarov. Komarov with a 105.6 and Zizekas with a 105.1. Um, Sezikis is shooting a 10.82% five on five on ice. Wow. That's insane. Uh, and, and a reflective of what he's doing right now, where he's on pace for what is it, 32 points, I think is what I calculated. Oh, uh, I lost it here in my uh, 36 points he's on pace for. That's insane. His career high is 29. That's wild. So, of course, that's going to go down. Like, this guy isn't going to keep scoring at the radius. Well, maybe. But, like, I doubt it. I hope so, but I doubt it. Yeah, I really do hope so. I mean, it would be phenomenal if they found 
a 35 point player for <laughs> what are they paying him 3.25 million? Yeah, that's right. So 3.35 uh, I think something stupid. Somewhere in that range, right? So yes, I could definitely see him coming down. I still think he ends up with a good year and even if let's say he gets 29 points, finish, ties his career high. He still had a good year, yeah. for, especially for a fourth liner. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great year. And so what I'm saying is that his shooting percentage is going to go down. It's just because he is scoring at a ridiculous rate for what he should be returning. I hope it continues. But the only other factor that could then decrease if his shooting percentage doesn't is the on-ice save percentage. And I don't expect that to go down because of the way that Cases, Zekas, Clutterbuck, and Martin play, where they're real good, real good at keeping the puck in the other in the other zone. Uh, and, and keeping it away from Robin Leonard. And when it eventually does, Leonard and or Grice will make the stop. So, like, it's it's hard to see both Grice and Leonard regressing. Uh, whereas when you look at, at Sezikis, the obvious thing here is points. And, and even then, it could go down to him being on pace for 32 points. He might still eclipse the 29, but it's going to go down. Right. And then the last one is Komarov. And, and kind of the same thing here, except for the fact that he's got a 95 uh, on-ice save percentage, which is insane. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. That... And you just don't expect that from Komarov. Uh, I, I wanted to argue the fact that he's going to dry up his scoring. But this guy put up 19 goals like three years ago and 14 the, like a couple years before that, or the, the year after that, I should say. I should bring up those numbers just in case. I, I know that the numbers are right. I'm just off by what year. Um, so for Toronto, I know he put up 19 and 14 in back-to-back years. I just forget what exact year. 15, 16, he put up 19 goals. 16, 17, he put up 14. So that's two and three years ago. All right. Last year was the really down year with just 19 points. Yeah, but then you look at his ice time, right? And he's scoring. He's he's on the ice for like just under 16 minutes, where he was getting over 17 and maybe even over 18 minutes uh, in 15-16. So he's right. very much a product of ice time, sort of. He's getting less now, and he's already one goal off from his pace from last year. Um, yeah. So for him, I think Go it's on. really going to be a defensive lapse. It's really going to be they're going to get more goals on it, and we've seen them already, like those bad penalties. Um, Like, I'm not saying that he's going to cause their PK to go bad. What I'm saying is that he's obviously losing gas, and that gas is going to cost them in their own end. Yeah, eventually. I think he's in... I think he would be better suited on the fourth line, but realistically, he is playing on the third line, and I think that's my biggest gripe with him, and also the no-trade clause, which just... That's not his fault, but I just... I hold that against him. (laughs) <laughs> just because it's his contract. You don't want to hold it against Lou? No, I, I can't hold it against Lou, He'll so I'll hold it against Komarov. <laughs> but he's been, I would say, okay for the Islanders this year. Is that fair? Yeah. I wouldn't say he's been good or great. I think he's been okay. I don't know. Teetering towards good? Uh, closer to good than bad. Okay. But All right. So okay. if he's if okay is the absolute middle mark, he's teetering towards the good side rather than the bad side. Yes. Okay. All right. Ah, I think he's good. He's been good for them. Um, but I reserve to change my mind, the right to change my mind next year. There we go. And I, again, I would much rather. I'd be much happier if he was on the fourth line. Yeah. But it. Yeah, I know. 
I, I was going to say, like, maybe he is technically speaking, but he's not. The, the amount of ice time the fourth line is getting, and I'm using air quotes there, uh, is reflective of what a fourth line gets. Like, Martin's getting maybe 14 minutes a night max, whereas Komarov is averaging 14-13 a night. Yeah, and just because I have his reference page up, the shot percentage, the shooting percentage is way up from last year. It's double. It's, than double. Du- it's more than double. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was that big of a difference. Wow. Yeah. He's shooting at 12.8. Uh, and this is all situations. So it's not the five on five on ice. It's just all situations. And, and it's really just number of goals to number of shots. He's at a 12.8, which is hot. That's uh, get that puck on that stick and shoot it at the net, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely keep doing that. So that that's what I had. There's a bunch of players at over 100. I just really wanted to focus on the players who were above 100. And there's a, a few other players that are below, but like Lucas Spiza, I don't expect to turn around, and I also don't care if he does. Uh, and I think there was one more who was underneath. I, I just really wanted to focus on, I think it was Adam Pellick. I don't really, I don't really care if he turns it around necessarily. Um, I really wanted to focus on Bo and Barzal because those are the names that, if they could turn it around, and if they do turn it around, good things are going to happen for the Islanders. Absolutely. All right, you want to move into the social segment? Sure, let's do that. All right, since you stole my thunder, you go first, and I'll look for something else. <laughs> um. So there was a, a tweet out today. Oh, God, who was it? It was Nichols. It wasn't today. It was yesterday. I think it's Jeff Nichols. I already lost a tweet. Um, essentially, he was quoting what he heard on, on TSN radio, and it was Darren Dreger saying, like, oh, just uh, just saw that uh, Matthew Barzell at the All-Star game, and uh, what makes you think? Uh, or I, be, I, be, I bet uh, Artemi Panarin's looking at that saying, like, oh, I'd like to play with Matthew Barzell. Like, yeah, no beep, buddy. No beep. Who doesn't want to play with Matthew Barzell? Like, I understand it's it's getting close to trade deadline, so these guys are on the radio every day and they're finding it hard to to find things to say. I I get it. It it's got to be tough. It's got to be hard. But like to then, it, it's not just a quote that I'm mad about because like he's not wrong. Uh, it's spreading it around like that's some sort of revelation to the world. Like Nichols, come on, like that's not that's not important. Yeah, of course he'd like to play with Matthew Barzell. He didn't say that. That's just some guy projecting. Um, but, like, yeah, anyone would like to play with Matthew Barzell because he just played with Sidney Crosby, and Sidney Crosby's like, wow, I like getting his puck on his stick. He likes to get the get in the zone, so, like, makes my job easier. If the second best player to best player in the world is saying that about Sidney Crosby, anyone underneath that is going to say the same thing. Or, sorry, is saying oh, that about course. Barzell. Of course. So, that kind of irks me. The... the not the quote itself, but just when people take it like, whoop, that's something. Oh, boy, that's something. <laughs> so I have another one that kind of irked me like that, but I'll let you go first. Okay. So I have another one. This one is from at Two Turtle Duffs on Twitter, James Duffcole, a.k.a. James Duffy. Uh, he did this really awesome thread, and if you're a, as big of a fan of this television show as I am, you would appreciate it too. So he does the New York Islanders as quotes from The Office, and he did a thread. Okay. So you already seem not interested. I'm not a big Office fan. You're at the absolute worst, <laughs> which is also an Office quote. So there you go. There you go. Right on. Bring it in. Uh, so this one is for Barry Trotz. 
and it's Michael Scott talking. He said, would I rather be feared or loved? Easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> um, I want to find another good one. Uh, who who uh, gets the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott quote? Uh, there was none of that. Really? Uh, the, the Joshua Sang one was pretty good. It says, okay. it's Michael Scott on um, a train trying to run away. And it says, I am running away from my responsibilities and it feels good. Eesh. Oh boy. And then mine, which I tweeted back at him to add to the thread. Mine was for Butch Goring. And it's again a Michael Scott quote and says, Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Oh boy. I love Butchie, but sometimes sometimes, buddy, that's rough. Um, okay, my next one is less it's not so much a tweet, it's more of an article. Uh it was shared in a tweet, I suppose. It's from bardown.com. Uh, which is a subsidiary, I guess, or, or a site on TSN, who uh, the title says, Barzell appears to take shot at Tavares when asked about the difference on this year's Islanders team. Uh, and essentially the quote is, uh, or the question was, what has been the one singular difference that you've noticed from this team to Matt Barzell by Frank Cervelli? Matt Barzell replies, no one is treated any differently. It doesn't matter who you are. Cervelli answers, wow, sounds kind of like a shot against John Tavares. What? In what world do you live in that that's a shot against John Tavares? That's a big spin zone. That's a huge spin. That is, and I know Cervelli is 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 mastered in the, the, the dark arts of internet sar- sarcasm, so maybe this is just him being sarcastic, but like, no, that's not... That's not and bar down ran with it. Of course, that's going to get you a ton of clicks. And so I'm no, not, I don't I'm blame not him for doing for it. it. But no. like, that is not a shot against the virus. Lou has said the same thing from like day one, and, yeah. and, and it wasn't in response to the virus. And he made that very clear. Like, I'm not talking about anyone specifically. This is just how we operate. This is how I'm going to run the team. This is how Barry Trotz is going to run the team. And Barry Trotz has said the same thing. We're all a team. We're all individuals, but we work as a team. And no one is above the team. No one is above the crest at the front. Lou has said that from the start. Barry has said that from the start. Why is this a surprise whenever we say it? Although, it got national attention, so I'm not going to complain, I guess. Because we've been saying, like, we need attention, we need attention. Hey, look at us. And when we get it, we complain. So, like, it's just, that's not a dig, guys. That's not a dig. But, you know what? At least we're getting attention, I suppose. No, you're like the kid who's acting out to get attention. I suppose, yeah. I don't know, maybe a bit bad analogy by me, but I, I see what you're saying. I think I know where you're going with it, but yeah, it's just kind of like, really, guys? That's the one you're going with? Not the fact that like this defensive system is insane, or Barzal is, is, is maybe not scoring as much as he used to, and they're, they're still winning, and he's going to still pick it up a notch. Uh, or Anders Lee or Anders Lee just, just killing it in, a certain, in terms of captain and doing more than he used to do. Like He's getting the assists in. Just... That stuff. But no, they have three arenas. Oh my God. Insane. Not the best. Not. Anyways. I, I agree. Toronto media, stay Toronto media, I guess. Thank you. Yes, at least. Yeah, we get the we get the clicks. That's why I want, to be fair, it's a little selfish. That's why I want a Toronto series, because the clicks are going to be crazy. 
We could write anything and Toronto is going to click on it. I'm not talking about Islanders fans. Islanders fans will be very selective on what they read, uh, but Toronto fans will click on anything. So Toronto Maple Leafs click. Yes. I, get me in on those Toronto clicks. <laughs> Please and thank you. There you go. All right, Mitchell, let's go do some plugs before we get on out of here, okay? Sure thing. All right. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff so that you are up to date on all your New York Islanders needs through the podcast. You can also follow us on social media. My Twitter is... No, I should start with our Twitter. I was going to say, you're forgetting your own Twitter. That's kind of rough. Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter is the Eyes on Isles one. So we'll start there. (laughs) Yep. Mine is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could follow us on Facebook too, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles, like our page over there. You can also download the app, the Eyes on Isles app available for Apple or Android. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And if you aren't already, please make sure to subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for a post game show after every single game. Five bucks a month gets you that and so much more. Beauty, make sure to stay warm, everyone. That's my public service announcement to everyone. Stay warm. Bundle up. Put another sweater on. Get some long johns on, some wool socks, and you'll be good. And everyone will be just fine. Tomorrow we'll be fighting single digits in temperature. Mitch will be in the negative, so we have. it could always be worse. Remember that? Yeah. But that'll do it for us for episode number 76. We hope you enjoyed listening. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.